0: We're gonna start off by dealing with our past. We're gonna start kind of chronologically and realizing that if we're gonna deal as species, as people who are bound in this dimension called time, that part of what happens is we all have a past. When you look at that definition of past, it's the time or period of time before the moment of speaking. I thought that was a pretty interesting definition. In other words, what just happened is now the past. The past happens that quickly, right? And we've all had those moments when something's come out of your mouth and you're like, right? Crap, it's the past. It's already been done and there's nothing you can do about it. But this was an interesting definition to me. It said the past is gone by in time and no longer existing. But that I don't think is true because our past lives with us. The truth is, every one of us in this room, we are an accumulation of our past. Everything that's happened to us, everything that we have done, everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard, who you are today in this moment is a makeup of your past. And so, here's what we know. (laughs) Today, this morning, there are way too many of us Who can't live right now in fullness, in absolute freedom. And many of us in this room, you're not, you know that. You're like, this is not the life that I really want to be living. (laughs) But what's interesting is that the problem for many of us in here is not what we're struggling with today. The problem is what happened in our past. And the past is literally a slave. It's got you entangled. It's got you tied down. And you have regrets. Some of you are so filled with shame. Some of you are hiding your past, hoping to God that nobody ever finds out who you really are. How's that for a living? (laughs) And this is us. You, Some of you, it's not so intense, but some of you are just so disappointed with your past. You're like, this is not the journey that I thought my life was going to be. And so the reason we're looking at that today, you guys, is because God has great news for every one of us about our past. I love these words to this song called Trusty and True. It says this. We've all wanted to be trusty and true, but feathers fell from our wings. And we wanted to be worthy of you, but weather rained on our dreams. And this is so true. And we can't take back what is done, what is past, So, fellas, lay down your fears because we can't take back what is done, what is past. So let us start from here. Let's start right here. And if all that you are is not all that you desire, then come. Jesus has a great phrase where he says, if you are weary and heavy burdened, Come to me, and you will find rest for your souls. And some of you guys, your shame, your guilt, your disappointment, some of you think you've done things, and the repercussions that you're feeling because of the decisions you've made, you feel like your life is just over. I got good news. Come, if you're weary and burdened, and you could find rest for your soul today, and you can walk out of here free. All right, so let's pray. Father, thank you for hope. Thank you, actually, for the gift of time. Thank you that there is a yesterday. Thank you, actually, as we look at the past, that it can be a gift to us. And I pray right now, here's what we know. You're in this room. You know every one of us. You know are very familiar with our past. You know everything we have ever done. And I know in this moment that you want to pour your grace and your truth that sets people free, and I believe you want to do it for every person in this room. And I ask that you would in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, uh, right in the middle of the Bible is where Psalms is, or if you've got your phone, you can just type it in. Great Psalm, and I think it's going to really help us with the past. I'm going to start in uh, verse 13, kind of start about two-thirds of the way through with uh, this section of the author of this Psalm, and here's what he says. He says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion On those who fear him. Compassion. This word means a deep love. It's intense. It's like a a tender affection, but it's really intense and deep. It's compassion. You feel it in your gut. So I feel like I felt a little bit about this because it says that God has compassion on us as a father has on his children. I had a little compassion yesterday at my soccer or my daughter's soccer game. So um, Ashton was playing. Pretty early on in the game, she had a breakaway and she's going, and we're all standing up and she's gonna score. And this girl comes up behind her and just shoves her down. (laughs) Ashlyn does a face plant, ball rolls away. We're like, what? You know, (laughs) in the ref, you know, he calls the foul and everything, so we got the penalty kick, it was fine. For the next 10 to 15 minutes, though, this was the most physical soccer game with these little girls. It was crazy. (laughs) Elbows were flying, you know, and kids were falling, and all the parents around me were just going, man, what's going on? And, and Susie's always made fun of me because she kind of calls me like a Clark Kent at a soccer game. I'm just mild-mannered. I really have, I don't know how, I just have this ability to stand and just kind of be chill and cool. And I just watch the parents, I watch my wife get really intense at these games. So <clears throat> the game's going on, and Ashlyn's coming up, she steals the ball, she's coming up the sideline, and this girl comes out of nowhere and just... Bam, knocks Ashland, flies out of of bounds. And we're all, what? we stand like this? And the ref just goes like this. And I don't know what happened. There was like this phone booth. And I went in, and in a second I came out, and I had this big SD on my chest for Soccer Dad. Have any of you ever turned into Soccer Dad? SD also stands for Stupid Dad. <laughs> and I lost it, man. I mean, I grabbed my head. I'm like, what are you doing? I threw it and it hit the chair in front of me and it threw up in the air. And I'm this dad turns around and he goes, the ref's looking at you, he's gonna throw you out of the game. And I said, it would be my honor to be thrown out of this game. <laughs> I mean, I was, I'm like, this one of those out of body experiences, right? And and it was great because another parent just said, yeah, it's interesting when it happens to your child, isn't it? And here's what I have, man. I have compassion for my daughter. Don't mess with her, right? Do you ever wonder if God feels like that for you? Wouldn't that be cool? To know that if you got nothing and you were down, that somehow God rose up and just had compassion and intense, deep love for you. I think he does. Just thank God he doesn't act like me, right? Which we'll see here in just a minute. So he goes on, he says, as a father has compassion for his children, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Verse 14, Why? Interesting. Why does God have compassion on us? Because he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. See, God knows something about us. He's so different in his nature. He's eternal in nature. You're not, and I'm not. We're mortal. And so even our life in itself is like a mist. We're here for a little bit of time, and then our time ends, and it's done. But what's so interesting about this passage is these verses of compassion follow right on the heels of needing help with your past. We're gonna look at that in just a second. So in this psalm, what God realizes is, I have compassion on you because you're mortal, and because you're mortal, you're making decisions, and all of your decisions are made, and then you live in time, and you did it, and it's gone. And now you have to live with your choices. A moment's here, and it's gone. And sometimes you do something stupid, And now we have to pay the consequences for it. Sometimes we just miss the moment, man. It was laid out there, right? How many of you have just missed the moment? You knew something laid out there for you, and you didn't have the courage to take it, and you missed it, and it's gone. And so God looks at us and goes, man, I got compassion on you. Because I know you're made, you're just dust, man. You're like grass. You're a flower. You're beautiful. But the wind comes, and it's gone. In verse 17, he says, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. So that's right in the middle. Now look at the very beginning. So in light of this, Psalm 103, verse one, the psalmist is because God is compassionate on us, like a child, he goes, praise the Lord, O oh my soul, all my inmost being, and so when he's saying all of your inmost being, that means everything that makes you human. Your thoughts praise God. Your emotion, you praise God with what you feel. Your will, you choose to and you just praise God even if you don't feel it or think it. You do it. Praise the Lord. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I encourage you, read Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Because there's lots of benefits. I'm just going to hit a few in these next three verses. Look at this. He forgives all your sins. Good news. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. And he crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. So here's what we got to learn about our past, you guys. God is very aware of everything you've done, of your inability to think that life can be different, and I want to tell you, start here, right now, exactly where you are, and let's learn these three things. Number one, Your past is forgiven. Again, a guy, he's actually in here today. He told me that his journey with Jesus began because he walked into church one time and a pastor held up a Bible and said, I got good news for you. All your sin is forgiven. And he latched onto that and he's never been the same again. Look at this verses two and three praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sin. Now, he explains this a little bit more in verse 8 when he goes on to say this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. He's not soccer dad. (laughs) He's slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. I tell you what, that, that mantra right there, you will find in the Old Testament, they said this all the time. This was their thing that they reminded themselves about God. And here's what you guys got to, we have to understand this. Some of you have walked in here and you can't even believe you're in this room. And partly you can't believe it because your view of God is that he is such an angry monger waiting with a, with a judge just to pound you for every little thing you do. And the Bible's saying, you have such a messed up view of God. I'm telling you, if that's your God, you are going to fear your past all your life. And if you fear what you've done like that, you can never be free now to love. We have to know the truth, man. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He, oh, this is so good. I want you to think about any guilt or shame or heaviness or disappointment that you walked in here with about your life. And listen to this. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever he does not treat us as our sins deserve anybody want to say amen to that or repay us according to our iniquities Man. you guys i didn't do this first service would you stop just for a second The God, I've been to like seminary. I know the gospel in here. I'm shocked at how often I think God is treating me as my iniquities deserve. Anybody else still feel like God does that to you? How many of you feel like he's just up there just, man, he's just hammering you down for what you've done? He does not repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west. That, what he's trying, you guys see what he's trying? In other words, it's the antithesis. As far as that is, and that is, that is how far he has removed our transgressions from us. Can I ask you a question? This morning, where are your transgressions? Where are your sins? Are you still holding on to them? Are you still carrying the guilt? Do you still feel the shame? Do you still have the heaviness? Do you still have the bitterness? Do you still believe that what you did years past or this last week are absolutely destroying your future? If so, then you've still, you're still holding them. And what this scripture says is God wants to remove them from you. Can I hear another amen? He wants to remove them from you and cast them as far as the east is from the west. So they're not even anywhere near you. Now, this is really important. Who is this great news for? It is, but listen to what he says. It's for those who... Fear him. Now this is really important. Because we have to realize, yes, God is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. But God is also holy. And he is righteous. And he can have nothing to do with sin. So the reason God gets angry towards sin is because when you're living in it, he can't be in it with you. See, and that's what ticks him off. What makes God angry is anytime you're apart from him. And so that's kind of the picture. I always picture. it's like like we're my daughter Ashlyn running down the field and sin comes and knocks you to the ground. And your dad goes, what? And he gets irate and he gets angry. But you need to understand this. So if you're in here today, and you're flippant about your sin, and you don't fear God and his holiness and righteousness, and you think you can just do what's wrong and live in it, if you don't fear him, then you live in sin. And if you just live in it, then you totally miss out on the forgiveness and the sweet fellowship that can have. You're not even asking for forgiveness because you think it's okay. So yes, is it for everybody? Yes. But the only people who receive this gift are those who actually fear him. The second thing he says is, if you really want to get rid of your past and have it be forgiven, then he goes, it's for my children. Go back and read Psalm 103. It's my children, he says, that actually get this gift of being forgiven. And why does he say that? Because when you finally realize that your sin is offensive to God and that He can have nothing to do with it, and you, it makes you fall on your face before Him. And it's like I tell my kids all the time when they just tell me, hey, I'm sorry, and I know they have no intention of not changing their behavior, <laughs> I always go, Are you sorry? And they're like, You say I'm not. Well, I'm not, you're not. <laughs> Because when you're sorry, really, what happens? You repent. So here's the deal. When you fear God and you realize your sin is offensive to him, that's when you realize somebody needs to come and help me, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is what it says, and here's what, here's what he says. If anyone believes in Jesus Christ and receives him into their life, He gives you the right to become his children. (laughs) See, and and, and this is really important to understand because how does your sin get cast, how does it get removed from you as far as the east is from the west? I taught this in depth, I can't go in depth, but I taught this in depth about three weeks ago. Jesus Christ came and he took your sin into himself. When you put your faith in Christ, your sin goes into Christ and he receives the punishment for all your sin. He becomes sin for you and then he pays the punishment. And on the flip side, you become righteous because you don't have any sin anymore because it's in Christ and you're free. That's the greatest news in all the world. And this is what we need to understand. Somebody asked me this week, they said, hey Dave, I think I've heard you say before that not everybody is God's child. Now this is really interesting. Everyone, everyone is infinitely loved by God. Every person on this planet, all of you in this room, you're his idea, you are his creation, and you are precious to him. But what the Bible says is, you don't become his child, until you are born of his spirit. Forgiveness is offered to everyone, but you don't actually get the gift until you receive Christ and he removes your sin so you can be forgiven. So some of you in here today, this is it, man. You've never experienced the forgiveness of God. And the only way he says I can forgive you, he doesn't forgive you because he loves you. He doesn't forgive you because he loves you. Because he loved you, he sent Jesus to take your sin so he could forgive you. You have to understand that, man. You have to understand that. The greatest gift is Jesus Christ. And that's why Ephesians 1 says, "If In in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us us it is a total gift can i tell you today every one of you in this room if you're feeling guilt before god you have been forgiven and it's because jesus christ has removed it from you and if you've never put your faith in christ if you've never sensed that freedom today could be your day and you don't have to feel any more guilt and any more shame because jesus took the shame and he took all the punishment so you could be free you want to be free It's all yours today. Your past is forgiven. So, that's number one. But here's what's cool. That's just the beginning of the good news. (laughs) Because he doesn't just forgive you and then leave you to just keep living in a pattern of destruction. (laughs) Right? Because that's what, what sin does. Our past, the reason you're heavy and burdened and feel shame and feel guilt is because crappy stuff happened because of what you did. Well, how good would God be if he said, hey, I totally forgive you, but... Just stay in there. You know, good luck with that. Well, here's the good news. Your past isn't just forgiven, it's redeemed. Your past is redeemed. Psalm 103:4 says, "He redeems your life from the pit. From the pit." Y'all remember Princess Bride, right? The pit of despair. Right? But here's what's interesting. Some of you this morning, you're in a pit. You, you, really, your, your relationships have been broken. You're all alone. You're incredibly lonely. Some of you have physically wounded your own body because of some of the behaviors you haven't been able to get over. Some of you internally, emotionally, you haven't had peace or freedom. You've been bound by fear and anxiety. You're in a pit. And the good news is he redeems your life from the pit And he crowns you with love and compassion. So here's what God does, you guys. And redemption and forgiveness always come together. When you're forgiven, redemption happens. But redemption means something was lost, something that was right and something that was in its rightful place got lost and then you pay a ransom, you redeem it and you buy it back and it becomes yours again. So here's what God is saying is, he purchases you. When he redeems you, he purchases you, and he takes you out, this is so important, he takes you out of the pit, so that you don't have to keep living a life of destructive behavior. Now is that good news? He wants you to live a new life. And then he makes you his own, he makes you his own, that's the reconciliation, and then I love you. I love you. That's not what I meant to say. I love the fact that then he says, I crown you. Now, if he's crowning you, what is he making you? He's making you a child of the king, man. And he crowns you with what? Love and compassion. Can I just ask you, man, this morning, do you feel loved? Yes. yes. If you don't, then you still somehow are living in your past and your sin and your junk is still inside you. And if you know it's removed, then he says, and in place of your sin being gone, you can have a crown of love and compassion. You can know your God intensely and deeply is passionate about you. That's why Romans 3 says, all have sinned, every human on the planet, and we've all fell short of the glory of God and we've landed in the pit, every person and we're all justified freely, all, that means it's for every one of you, are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. He redeems you and buys you back. Your past is now, this is so cool, you guys, your past now belongs to Jesus. And I'm gonna get to that in just a minute. Look at Colossians 1, 13, 14. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. He takes you out of the pit. And he brings you into the kingdom of the son he loves. And you too now are a king, a prince of love and compassion. You guys, your past is not only forgiven, it's redeemed. It belongs to God. And that leads us to number three. Your past actually gets renewed. This is so cool. Your past is renewed. Psalm 103.5 says, he satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And, and again, you know this, man. When you're sitting in shame or regret or if you're hiding, if you're trying to cover up everything you've done, if you've got disappointment and you feel like you've blown it and every time you look in the mirror, you got this big L point back at you because you're a loser. If that's your life, how... Your youth isn't renewed like an eagle. I mean, you're like a tortoise, right? You're like just crawling around on the ground. What's so interesting, this word renewed actually means repaired. Some of you would say, I'm broken. When you're forgiven and you're redeemed and God brings you out, he repairs the broken. And he makes you new. And you can live a new life. And what's interesting, look at this verse. He says the way he repairs you is how? He satisfies you with good things. And so what happens is, instead, because we've all done this, right? You tried other things, and it blew up in your face. It left you empty, alone, guilty, full of shame. It ruined your relationships. And so God says, okay, great, you tried that. And that didn't work. But now that you're mine, I'm going to satisfy you with good things. And now all of a sudden you realize, oh, I don't even need those things anymore. And by the way, there's what they're the things that caused all the problems. The stuff I used to do in the past was ruining me But now I'm renewed and repaired because God has given me good things, like the fruit of the Spirit, because you receive his Spirit. And now love and joy and peace and purpose and freedom and wisdom and strength. And now all of a sudden, you don't need that stuff in the past. See how this works? He renews your strength because you're free. I love it when David totally screwed up, probably worse than you. He not only committed adultery with a woman, he murdered the gal's, the gal's husband so he could cover the whole thing up. That's pretty intense. And then he, oh, by the way, he's called the man after God's own heart, by the way, if you're wondering how good you are. <laughs> and here's what he said in his confession. Create in me a pure heart, God, and renew a, stead, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Repair me. And help me to live the way I really want to live. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. One of the greatest things about God is you do receive forgiveness, but you also receive the Holy Spirit. And he strengthens you and repairs you. He renews you and he gives you a willing spirit to follow God so you can live a new life. So... How do you let go of your past? Really quickly, three very practical things to do. Number one, confess your sin. First John 1, 9, I'm telling you, if you haven't memorized this verse as a Christian, you need to memorize this verse. I have unfortunately probably quoted this verse more than any other in my life because I need it. And it says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You guys believe this. Some of you right now, you don't believe that Jesus actually died for all of your sin. And that it has been removed. But what he's saying is, it is. It is finished. And if you'll just confess today, today. And let me just tell you, some of you need to confess something that you did like 15 years ago. You are still weighed down from your And some of you walked in here, and you have to ask, you have to confess what you did last night. (laughs) Did you know that's your past too? (laughs) And you can make your past really short if you'll confess your sin to him and do not say, please forgive me for what I did last night. You gotta be specific. And I mean it, you have to be specific. And you have to say, God, forgive me for, (sighs) it's a whole nother way when you say what it really was. And the reason you have to say what it was specifically is because you'll never experience the freedom that's yours for that specific sin until you specifically confess it. Confess your addiction to pornography. Confess your dishonesty to your spouse. Confess how you lied at work. Confess what you've stolen Confess everything that you've done where you feel like you've ruined your life or somebody else's life and be specific. Do it. And he will be faithful and just to forgive you and you'll be free. Number two, you got to renew your mind. Romans 12, 1 says, Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You guys, this is so important. You, again, you're the accumulation of your past. And what they know now with brain science is everything that's ever happened to you has actually grown and created memories in your brain. You have patterns of behavior that are inside here that were developed because of everything you've done and everything that's been done to you. Now the pattern of this world is you do whatever you want to do and you must take care of yourself. And I want to tell you, you have to renew your mind because some of you, your behaviors You can't just change your behavior. You actually have to have a new mind, all right? And so that's why it's so important to be here on Sundays, to get in Life Together groups, to go to K2U, to be in the Word of God. You've got somehow His Word, His truth, renews your mind and what they're finding. It's so fascinating that literally you can change the physical part of your brain based on what you think. So think about what is true. And renew your mind. Here's the other pattern of this world that you have to renew. And that is, the pattern of this world is you get what you deserve. So if you've blown it, then you deserve to be punished. And some of you think that God still treats you that way. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You've got to, I'm telling you, 30 years in, I still struggle when I sin to think, I, I will still think that God's going to hold me to that sin and punish me for it. Jesus Christ removed it from me and I'm worth clean. I have to renew my mind. The pattern of this world is you blew it, you're gonna be punished. The way of Jesus is you blew it and he paid for your punishment and you're free. And I'm telling you, you gotta work hard to renew your mind so that your past and those patterns don't rule your behavior and steal you of your freedom. Last one is you gotta look for the redemption Look for the redemption. If he really took you out of the pit and now you're his, that means there's a new life. And some of you need to look at this. This is one of the best verses in all the scripture and the reason it's so popular is because we need it so bad. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And I want to say, we know that in what? Everybody say this. In what? All things. All things. Now, if that's true, if it's everything, then it's everything I've ever done. Here's the beauty of God. He will take every sin you've ever done and redeem it. He will take every stupid decision you've made and redeem it. He can take the consequences that you're living with right now because of your decision and he can redeem it. You guys, your past belongs to Jesus. And one of the things that so surprised me was how he has used my sin and my woundedness and my brokenness more in ministry than anything else. The best thing I can do is sit across from somebody else who's struggling with the very thing that I struggled with and help them to know how to find forgiveness and freedom. Look for the redemption. Your life belongs to him. So here we go, and it's time to respond. The words of that song again say this, we can't take back what is done. You can't, you can't change it. So fellas, lay down your fears, because we can't take back what is done what is past, so let us start from here. And if all that you are is not what you desire, then come. So, we're gonna give you a chance today. Remember what he says, if you're weary, if you're burdened, come to me. And for some of you in here, you've never received Christ into your life. You haven't put your faith in Christ. What that means is, you're still carrying your sin. Which means you're still carrying your guilt. Which means you're still carrying your shame. Which means you're still carrying the consequences for what you've done. And I'm telling you, if you'll receive Christ, he will remove your sin. And you will be fully forgiven and absolutely free. And so some of you today need to come to Jesus and accept him and receive him and put your faith in him. Receive forgiveness for what you've done. He already paid for it. He already paid for it. Receive the gift of grace and be free. Some of you are Christians today. This was me, man. I was Christian for a long time. I was even in ministry, but there was stuff I had done in my past that I still couldn't feel free from. And if you are burdened because of stuff you did way before in your life, today is the day you need to lay it before Jesus, confess it very specifically, and believe with all of your heart that that thing too was in his body on Christ when he was in the cross. And I'm telling you, some of you, he wants to set free. And then some of you, it's not what you did 15 years ago. It literally is what you did last night. Or yesterday, or this week. That's your past too. Make it quick, confess it to him, receive forgiveness. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened. I'll take care of your past and you'll find rest for your soul.